1: Hello and welcome to Adoption Chronicles. Today we're on episode 8 with Tanya also and she's got a story that you uh, won't believe. You need to listen to it to hear it. She will tell us her story um, of her experiences with adoption and without further ado, welcome to the show, Tanya.
2: Hi Mick, how are you?
1: Very good. Thanks for being a part of the show.
2: Not a problem at all.
1: So I guess with all adoption stories, we try to start right at the beginning. So where where does your story start?
2: Uh, my story started in November of 1978. Yep. I was three and a half years old. Okay. Um, when my birth mother, who I unaffectionately call the incubator,
1: okay, yep,
2: um, took myself. And a set of twin brothers to Wansley Children's Home in Claremont in Western Australia. Yep. And left us
0: there. Right.
1: Do you have any memories uh, of that time? Or
2: I do. Um, I had significant number of uh, a significant number of nightmares. Yep. Uh, for many many years, up until about the age of twenty two. Okay. About Wansley. Yep. Um, I couldn't remember being put there as such. Yep. But I had all these nightmares that I didn't understand.
0: Right. <clears throat>
2: um, And it wasn't until I actually went back there with, and I have to call her the incubator. I can't, I, I don't relate to her in any other way. Yep. Um, it wasn't until the incubator, myself and one of those twins went back to Wandsley when I was 22 that, all of those memories sort of fell into place as such. Okay. And the nightmares ended.
1: Oh, I'm glad they've ended. That's a, that's a good thing, um, yeah. I guess. Um, so how long were you in the centre for?
2: I was there for approximately a week. Okay. Uh, which is at direct odds against what my mum, my so my adopted mum, yep. uh, my mum, Believed at the time, um, and the reason that she even had a level of knowledge on that is because the incubator and my mum are sisters. Oh, really? Yep.
1: Right. Okay.
2: Um. So you've so, gr-
1: grown up knowing her all your life?
2: No, no. Nah. Okay. Um, when my adoption was finalised in 1980. Yep. Um, I'd been living with my mum and my dad, Yep. so my aunt and my uncle, Yep. by that time for 18 months. Okay. And one of the rules with the adoption was that the incubator was to have nothing to do with me. Ah. And that continued until I was 19.
1: Right. And was that when you found out?
2: No. Um, I found out... Because, so back story to this is my yep. nana, so my mum my in the incubator's mum. Yep. And I, if it wasn't for my nana, I don't know where I'd be, to yeah. be honest. Yep. So I used to stay with her every school holidays yep. for the entire period of school holidays because I chose to. Okay. Yep. And that's nothing against my mum. I was lucky. Yep. But my nana was everything. Uh-huh. And I went digging in one of my nana's drawers one day, oh. which has been down, as you do, uh-huh. and found this weird letter addressed to mum. Mm-hmm. And I got to the bottom of the letter and it said, how is how is my daughter going? Is Tanya okay?
1: Right. And how did you um, receive well, that? How? What kind of emotions did you feel?
2: You know Shock? what? I actually, I don't really remember. I think... When I say it now, the affiliate confusion comes across me.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, and I don't even believe I even brought it up with my Nana.
1: Yeah, okay. So you I folded think, it back up and put it back in the drawer? I'm
2: pretty sure I did, and I would have been about seven or eight. Right. <clears throat> I put it in the drawer, and Nana had a close friend. Um, her name was Lynn, I believe. And yep. uh, Nana basically lived in a small home's West bed-sitting unit. Right. Um at that stage and Lynn was about four doors down and I got along very well with Lynn. Yep. And I used to go down, you know, during the day, and then he'd be watching young and the restless or something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. And I'd go down and see Lynn for 20 minutes or whatever. And I believe it was Lynn that I first asked, turned around and said, the incubators real names, Norma. Yep. Um, and said, who's Norma. And why is she calling me her daughter? Yeah. Right. Um, Lynn didn't <coughs> respond.
1: She would have been shocked, I guess. At the yeah. I'm not
2: even sure that Lynn knew. Right. Um, and, and life went on as normal. Um, from that point on, I don't even think it, it crossed my mind again until I was about what, nine. Yep. And there's a pizza joint in, uh, June called Mario's pizza. And I remember <clears throat> mum and I were in the car and we were going for a drive down to get pizza. Yep. And mum said to me that I turned to her and said, am I adopted? And yep. mum said that her, she, that, like, shock, her yep. stomach just dropped. She said that panic hit her uh-huh. and the only thing she knew to do was say yes.
1: Yeah, right.
2: But didn't know what else to say.
1: Right. Because it's not a typical... Adoption story.
2: No, no it's not. Um, the thing that amazes me is that year one, so I would have been about six years old. Yep. Um, I was homesick from school, apparently. Okay. And mum, mum and dad, they, I mean, they weren't, they weren't well off. They were paying a mortgage. I do have a younger brother. Yep. Who is my cousin genetically, but my brother. Yep. Um, and he is, he's a year younger than I, so. Right. Obviously, financially, you know, they weren't well off. Yeah, they struggled yeah. from time to time. And mm-hmm. for some reason, I don't know why. Maybe Mum kept up a little bit of contact with the incubator for a while. Um, but apparently she bought a whole pile of blankets in a massive garbage bag to my mum's front door. And I opened the door. Right. Now the incubator, knowing that she wasn't allowed to see me, mm-hmm. took off running off the front porch. Right. And I closed the front door, left the bags out the front, and went to mum and said, Why is Auntie Faye acting so weird? Right. So Auntie and Auntie Faye is the middle sister. Mum's the oldest. Yep. Then there's Auntie Faye and then there's the incubator. Oh, okay. And I didn't even recognise her and it only been maybe two and a half years. I I had no recollection of her.
1: Wow. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> how did, how did that go down? <clears throat>
2: Who knows to be honest, I've, right. I've got to say, who knows? I, I don't remember the incident. Yep, um, mum's told me about it afterwards. She said to me that she was so incredibly surprised that I didn't even recognize my mother or, yeah. mother, or the incubator and believed it was my auntie. Yeah, she said that I was more annoyed that Auntie Faye wasn't being nice. Mm. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah, right. and if Faye wasn't being nice to me at that particular time. Yeah, right, so, okay. Um, and Mum, you know, I mean, I'm sure she made up some sort of excuse to make me feel better or okay and yeah. or whatever else. Yeah. But she certainly didn't disclose it, who it was.
1: Right. So growing up in that type of um, situation, mm. and <clears throat> would it have been known amongst, it would have been known in, in your close family, your other yep. aunties and cousins and um, yep. things yeah, like everybody that. Knew. Yep. Did you get treated any differently by nah. your cousins and that? No.
2: No. Nah. Um, on my dad's so on my dad's side, my uncle, my dad. Yep. Um, the, I would have thought when I was a kid that his mother, so my nonna, because he was Italian. Uh huh. Um, hence the surname. Yep. Um, I would have thought when I was younger that, yes, that was the case because she was very, very close to my brother. Right. Whereas um, my nonno, her husband, he he absolutely adored me. I was his bella principessa. Uh-huh. That was all there was to it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, And, you know, the cousins on that side of the family, in some ways I'm probably closer to them that, than my brother. Yeah, okay. Um, I speak a lot to the cousins on that side of the family via Facebook and, and all of that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, so no, my, his, my dad's two brothers, I am extraordinarily close to one of them. My, my dad passed away, um, August, 2011. Sorry to hear that. Um, it it is how it is. Yep. Um, died of terminal cancer and died two weeks later. Wow. Um, and yeah, his brother. Um, and I are very close now, yep. which is brilliant. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, basically, I wouldn't say I was treated any differently.
0: Yep. <clears throat> that's um, good.
2: At all, which is, you know, thank- thankful yeah. for that. Yeah. I was always included to the point where subsequently one of my twin brothers has been treated exactly the same and he is included no matter what. Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's good. So... What happened, I guess, in your later teenage years to <clears throat> facilitate the the meeting, or or how did? What's the next step? What happened?
2: Oh, all right. So as I got a bit older, um, I I I love my mum and I love my dad dearly, but I was a teenager. Uh huh. Um, and you know, life wasn't always easy. It wasn't always perfect growing up or anything like that. Yep. Uh, you know, but I, I was loved and I was cared for and all of that sort of stuff. There's no getting away from that. Yep. Um, and I got to about 19 years of age and I I really don't understand why and I think that's because I choose not to after how it ended. But yep. for some reason, I drove to my nana's, nana's place yep. and I had uh, one of my, the brother I grew up with, I had his girlfriend with me at the time. Okay. And I think she somewhat egged me on a little bit. Right. And I drove over there in, in Frank, my little car.
0: Yep.
2: And uh, climbed up on the fence knowing that she was at Nana's house. By this stage, because I was 18, right. uh, she could kind of step into the family, but still she, it was stay the hell away from Tanya. Yeah, right. Um, and so I climbed up and peered over the fence and I saw her. Right. Um, then I made contact with her and we spoke on the phone for a few times for a few months, over yep. a few months period. Um, and then in September of
0: 1995.
2: Yep. Um, I, I don't know if you know, but on the 1st of January of 1995, the adoption laws in Western Australia changed.
1: Right. So, yeah. A couple, a couple it,
2: it of years the after
1: New South Wales.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I don't know if it was national, but I know WA, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And you could put in an outreach to find your natural family.
0: Yeah, okay. So, at
2: that stage, I put in an outreach to find my twin brothers. Yep. Who I'd known about all my life. I actually had um, a couple of teddy bears that belonged to them. Mum probably shouldn't have taken them out of the children's home, but she did. Okay, okay. And she kept them in the bottom of a wardrobe for many, many years. And I used to ask her, who did they belong to? And mum used to say to me, just two special little boys that I used to know. Okay. Um, so I had these bears sitting on a shelf in my room for a good eight, nine years.
1: Yeah, right.
2: Um, so I put in the outreach to find them. I also put in an outreach to find my natural father's family. However, I knew he'd already passed away. Right. Um, But I also knew he had three other children Okay. on top of me and my two brothers. Yep. Um, Oh, and a side note to this is um, the incubator also had another child 12 years after I was born. She kept him. Okay. And I'd had contact with him from the age of 12, uh, 15, sorry. Okay. He used to come and stay with me at my house. I still had nothing to do with her.
1: Ah.
2: But I used to have my little brother and he'd come and stay for a weekend. Yeah, okay. Um, he used to leave his thongs under the desk in my room so that he had to come back again. Oh,
0: uh, yep.
2: Um, so yeah, I was, I was actually very, very close to him, um, from about the age of three. Nice. Um, so yeah, I basically put in the outreach. Yep. And on the 1st of September, 1995, I was at work and I got a phone call and they basically said, we found your brothers. Nice. Um, and I remember my immediate boss coming out because I was jumping up and down and screaming my, my lungs out. Yeah, yeah. And she's basically going, you need to calm down. This is a lawyer's office. <laughs> and I'm so I started telling her and she was jumping up and down and screaming by the end of it. Right. Um, and then within a few days, we travelled to meet the boys. Yep. Uh, from Perth. They were living in Kalgoorlie at that stage. Okay. Um, <clears throat> amazingly, though... When they were first adopted, they were living in Pinjara. Right. And uh, I used to stay in Waruna, which is 20 k's away.
1: Oh, okay. So pretty close. At the time. Yep.
2: Um, We worked out that we both went to this Lego exhibition at the same time. Really? Um, So there's every chance we cross paths that day. Yep. Um, And then, yeah, when they're... Oh, I think early teens, the family moved to Kalgoorlie and, yeah, from then obviously there was no no chance to cross paths again. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
2: so, yeah, we went up to Kalgoorlie and the incubator came with us and that was the first time I met her.
1: Right, officially.
2: Yep, officially.
1: And how was that?
2: Well, I think because we'd spoken on the phone for a while, um, <clears> it was okay.
1: So it wasn't like a, a huge um, emotional release? You you'd no, kind of, it was pretty casual?
2: No. no, no, definitely, no. Not from her, not from me even. Yeah. Um, it was more along the lines of she gave me a cuddle. Yep. She, um, for the first couple of days, she tried to sort of push me and my brothers together because we were both Relatively standoffish, like very, very unsure. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing the boys and uh marveling at how similar we were because in comes one of them and he's got bare feet, and yeah, so you know, the other one walks in after work and he's, he's incredibly standoffish. Yeah, he's like, Yeah, I don't give a rats, <laughs> you know, <he's> like, <laughs> I don't care. I didn't put the outreach in, he friggin' did,
0: yeah, right.
2: Um which surprises me because the one who who didn't really give a rats and I are best friends. Yep. We live together. You know, like I don't know what life would be out we would be without him nowadays in my life. Yeah, okay. Um so yeah, we met the boys that weekend. Yep. And it was on as we were leaving, I should have recognized it, but I didn't. Yep. And that was the first indication of her character as such. Now, I had been pre-warned, all, you know, from prior to all of this yep. about who this woman was.
0: <clears throat> right.
2: But um, I was fairly pig-headed and stubborn and I didn't listen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so what did, what did she do?
2: Well, so the thing was is that the brother, uh, Jamie, his name is, Yep. Um, he was coming down to Perth. Um, he had to basically do a, a a week's worth of tape. Yep. Um, and he was supposed to be coming back in the car with my mum and myself. And then halfway through the trip, we were swapping over. Okay. So that he could do half the trip back with me and mum, and we could have a chat. Yep. Because, uh, the incubator had my little brother with her as well. So we both had someone to drive with as such. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then halfway through, we would have had a stop, grabbed a drink or whatever, and he was going to go for the rest of the run with her. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it happened or what she did, but instead of him getting into mum's car, he got into the incubators. Okay. And I remember feeling absolutely devastated because the only thing I wanted was to get to know my brother. Yeah. Um. And she had him the entire trip home. Didn't stop? Didn't stop. Right. Um, which I, I guess is small in, in a lot of ways, but it was significant in relation to how things ended and how things worked out in the end.
1: Yes, but the small things matter the most, I think.
2: I, yeah, I agree. I, I wish I had have picked up on the small things. Yep more than I did because I probably would have saved myself from a lot of it. Right. Yeah.
1: So after everyone got back to Perth, what happened then?
2: So we get back to Perth and I can't quite remember if we all went to the incubator's house or we all went to my mum's or my house where I was living at the time. But I do remember Jamie stayed with us for a few days. Okay. Which, of course, then created a whole – because this is – remembering this is a brother who didn't give a rat.
1: Yeah, right.
2: You know, like, he didn't really care. For him at that stage, it was somewhere where he could stay when he came to TAFE. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they knew nothing of me. Right. Until the day – until the 1st of September, they did not even know I existed. Right. So there was no connection to me at all, whereas I had grown up with the knowledge starting off of these two special little boys, yeah, then becoming my brothers and an overwhelming need to know where they were. I mean, I remember going to Jigsaw the day I turned 18 Yep, and being told, no, look, we can't do anything. They're not 18 yet. Oh. So because they're uh, two years, three months younger than me. Yep. Um, I was forced to continue to wait, but for some reason, that when they were seventeen and I was nineteen, um, with the change in the adoption laws and the fact that the other twin put in the um, outreach, it was allowed.
1: Of course.
2: Yeah. Right. So, yeah, um, I just remember him coming back. We used to call one was a look, <coughs> excuse me, one was a lawnmower man. Okay. Which was Jamie because he was uh, studying to be a small motor mechanic. And the other one we called the Tin Man because uh, he was starting to be a maker. Right.
1: Okay. That makes sense. Um,
2: but even then, when I got him home, well, when he, when he came back to my house and he stayed, I found myself share, sharing him so much so that I didn't feel like I had even five minutes with him. Yep. Because obviously I had another brother that I'd grown up with. And suddenly he had a cousin. Yep. You know, and they were only a year apart. And, you know, my brother had mates. And, you know, next thing I was just sharing, you know, this brother that I'd been waiting to find for so long. Yeah. And (laughs) to be honest, it really pissed me off.
1: (laughs) Yeah, fair enough.
2: I kind of wanted him to myself for a bit. And not only was I sharing him with my brother, I was sharing with the incubator, I was sharing him with my mum, I was sharing with my aunt, my dad. You know, so I never really got a chance to even know him. Right. In that first period.
1: Yeah, and it's um <clears throat> sorry. One of the I think unique parts about all adoption stories is that it's so unique to us as individuals
2: mm.
1: that when connections are made, you do want to take the time there and connect with yourself. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then that gets shared around, that would have been, yeah, very difficult.
2: It was. Yeah, it was. It was very difficult. And, um, I mean, he was only there for a week too. So I knew I had limited time, Mm. you know, to get to know the one who didn't care. Yep. And in some ways to to make him care because I cared so long.
1: Yeah, that's Um, right. And that could have been his defence mechanism as well.
2: Oh no, he'll. Well, he's not here because he's gone out. He's he's actually over at my mum's, so he's okay. Which is another confusing part of it. He's fixing mum's taps, and (laughs) I call mum. Mum, he calls her auntie.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Um. So yeah, no. Um. He he would tell you himself that he really didn't give a rat.
0: Right. Okay.
2: He he was happy in his like he he adores his dad. Yep. Um. Although they they're not. They don't see very much of each other at all. Yep. Um, due to distance. Yep. Um, and, you know, he was happy just living his life.
0: Yeah.
2: It didn't matter. Like, oh, I've got a sister. Yeah, okay, whatever.
0: <laughs> yep.
2: And, yeah, that's that's him, 14, to be Yeah,
0: honest. yeah, yep.
2: <laughs> yeah. Not so much nowadays. Nowadays um, it's completely different. But, yeah, back then it was, yeah. But he, we only had him for a week. Yep. Before he had to go back to Kalgoorlie. Right. Um, And then I started trying to form a relationship with the incubator. Yep. And I was spending a lot of time with her. And my mum and dad weren't managing with that at all. Yep. Um, Caused a few arguments, caused one massive argument with my dad, and I moved out at that stage. Okay. Um, And that was more to the point because I wanted to ring my brothers on a Sunday night like I had done every week then for about six months. Yep. Um, and Dad one night just couldn't cope. And I didn't get it at the time. I just thought he was being a jerk, to be yeah. honest. Yep. Um, I don't think until you have kids, you don't necessarily understand everything.
1: I, I agree. Um, yeah. I'm having the same type of thing with my daughter at the moment. Yeah. Um, mm. I'm sure she thinks I'm a jerk.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I, my dad was a jerk of all jerks. That's my one. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I moved out. And unfortunately, dad had a stroke a week later. And, yeah, he was still with us for a long time. But, you know, yeah. obviously you then process the guilt of moving out and dad has a stroke. And, yeah, what a nightmare that was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was spending an awful lot of time with her. Yep. Too much in a lot of ways.
1: Were you um, trying to uh, change? I guess the I'm looking at the relationship that yep. you were h- hoping for. Was it different in reality to what you were hoping for? And by spending so much time with her, were you hoping to change her to how you thought she might have been, or?
2: Um. No, I think I think it was more. The the thing is, is that. I already knew the story of my adoption because I'd already gotten my paperwork. Right. I'd ordered it from both Wansley and through the government departments. Yep. And I'd read through all my paperwork. And she had told us a story, basically me and the two boys, that the reason she goes up for adoption was because she was on some pretty strong painkillers uh-huh. and she couldn't care for us. Right. And I am very big on people and understanding, and it's probably because of what I've been through, that people have their own truths and they're the truths that they can manage and process and function with. Yes. And I was quite prepared to let it go.
1: Okay. Because that was Um, a different story to what was documented?
2: Oh, big time, massive, massively different story. Um, the truth of it was, is that she, when she took the three of us to Wansley that day, she walked in the door with a man called Graeme. Right. Now I was calling this man, dad. He's not my dad. Oh, he's not my biological father, but I was calling him dad. And I was interacting. This is all in my paperwork. I was interacting with him as if he was my dad. Right. And this man had asked her to marry him. Now backwards a little bit. Yep. To, in context, she was 19 and a half, so she had me at 16 years of age. Okay. Literally just 16 years of age. Right, oh, so, right. We are 20, we were born in the same month, 23 days apart.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, okay. Um,
2: so she was 16 and a half years, years uh, 19 and a half years of age, basically. Yeah. And this man, Graham, turned around and said, The thing is, though, I can't raise another man's children. Right. If you're going to marry me, you need to give them up for adoption.
1: Okay. Wow. So she did. Okay. Wow. That's pretty brutal. Yeah.
2: It is brutal. Um and he was an ass, full yep. stop, no getting away from that. Yep. But as I've become a mother, had any man, any man on the planet, I don't care who he was,
1: yeah,
2: he said that to me, I would have told him to get the hell out of my house. Fair enough. Um, and I don't know whether that's a direct relation to my adoption, that I am fiercely protective. I mean, my kids have moved out now, but I am fiercely protective of my kids. You do not touch my kids. You do not F with my kids. You do not go. You, like That's it, yeah. full stop. They're mine. Yep. Um, so, yeah, she did. She left us in the children's home. And I must have seen her walking away past yeah. a, uh, a rather large brick building because that was part of my nightmares.
0: Yeah.
2: The vision of the back back of a woman walking past this long brick, like sort of like a dormitory type building.
1: Okay.
2: And all I could see was the back of her head and, her, and the long brown hair. Right. Um, so I must have seen her leave. And... Uh, my my mum believes that she called her and said, "Well, I know what I know." She said what she said. She said, "Tanya's in Wansey Children's Home. If you want to go get her, wow, um, just like that." Mum thought, "Yeah, mum thought she'd done it that same day." Okay, she she hadn't. I wouldn't have. I mean, I remember the matron at the nursing home. I could, I was able to tell you what room I was in. I could tell you where my brothers were. We were separated instantly. Um. I, can, I could remember being dragged back up these set of stairs by the matron because I'd snuck down to see my brothers and I wasn't allowed to. Okay. Um, so I had quite – I had I wouldn't call them memories. They were just like – it was like a movie type thing, but I didn't necessarily – I didn't understand that I was in that movie. Mm. I'd blocked out so much of the information in order to protect myself, Yep. but that movie continued to roll. Um, Yeah, right. So, yeah, when I met her, I made a conscious decision to forget everything that had happened. Yep. Acknowledge the fact that she was young. Acknowledge the fact that she had had quite a rough life. Yes. As such. Yep. Um, I mean, my (laughs) grandfather, her natural father passed away a week before she was born. Okay. Uh, My nana, the be-all and end-all, literally. Yep. Um... I had raised her as a single mother and had struggled the entire time. However, my mum and my aunt didn't turn out like her. No. Um, That's a fair point. So, yeah, I made that decision to forget the past and forgive her. Yes. Put it behind me. Yep. With the knowledge of what my aunt had told me that she is manipulative. She is cruel, and you you need to be careful. Right. <coughs> and I, to some degree, chose to ignore that as well. Right. So, and I think that just comes from that need.
1: Yeah. So after you've, I, I guess you would have started to form that a relationship with her.
2: Hmm.
1: Um. Did things start off well, and then turn rocky? Yeah.
2: Things started off quite well. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, I was spending a lot of time with her, you know. Um, the boys were still living in Kalgoorlie. Uh, oh, Jamie moved down in two, uh, 2000. He moved to Perth. Yep. Um, prior to that, the boys maybe came down once or twice a year. Okay. And every time they came down, I was pushed aside. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, And I could see it and it bothered me, but I wasn't accepting it. I wasn't, it wasn't enough for me to say, hang on, I'm not going to put up with this. Mm. I put up with it.
1: And how long did you put up with that for? 15 years. Right. And was it similar all the time or? Yep. Right.
2: And yet I was the one who would, when her car broke down, I would drive to her house with my my child. And, I mean, my son, he's 26 now. But, yep. you know, from the age of one through to when he'd go to school yep. and things like that, I would drive. I think I did it four months every single morning. I'd drive over. I'd pick up the youngest one of us, take him to school. Then I'd drop my son at school. And then in the afternoon, I'd pick him up again. I'd pick my son up and then I'd drive him home. And then we'd have... You know, we have coffee. I put every ounce of what I could of myself into the relationship in the hope that she would accept me.
0: Right.
1: And And
2: it, yeah,
1: and it blew up in my face. And so what, was there a moment that changed that?
2: There was many, many moments. Right. So many moments. And I just kept continually ignoring them.
1: Right. So I guess it's um, a little bit like the little things add up to a big thing.
2: Yeah. The final explosion really was... Um, so Nana passed in uh, 2007. Yep. Um, in the September. And her young her son, my Uncle Trevor, <laughs> passed in the March of the same year. Okay. Um, and in... Oh, when would it have been? <sighs> Just before Nana passed, Uncle Trevor's will was written, uh, was read, and I'd been cut out of it. Right. Basically as a result of my contact with her, with the incubator. Okay. Um, my All my brothers got something, including the youngest one of us who belonged to the incubator as well. Yep. But for some reason he was angry at me, and I don't know why and – I've gotten to a point now where I really don't care. Yeah. Um, you know, I do family history research. I, you know, I am, you know, fervent on it. It 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 is, you know, the, my most favourite thing to do. I don't care about him and I will not research him. Even though I pushed him around in the wheelchair for eight years of my life. Yeah. He I I'm done with him. He's he's gone, that's it, he's gone. I I don't need to know. Yeah. Um and so by 2 December the 8th 2008. Yep. My Jamie, one of the twins who I live with, um, had been living with me for 7 years. Okay. I was married, two children. We just bought our bought a house between the three of us. Mhm. Cuz my husband and I couldn't do it my ex-husband now and I couldn't do it on our own yep. and um You know, my son was about to go into high school. My daughter was about to start primary school because there's a a six-and-a-half-year difference. Yep. Um, And I just – I wanted that stability for them so they didn't have to shift schools. I didn't shift schools growing up. Yeah. And I didn't want them shifting schools. Tristan had already had two shifts. Right. So we bought a property and um, December the 7th, the day before, happens to be Trevor's birthday, um, we were having a barbecue at home. Now, my Jamie's twin, I don't refer to him as my brother. Okay. I refuse to. Yep. Um, he, he and I, we don't get along. And it, I don't feel it's my, from my, my point um, because all, all I really wanted was my brother's back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, he resented the fact that I stayed within the family and he didn't. Oh, okay. He couldn't seem to understand that I was three and a half years old, and the damage that would have happened had I not been kept within the family unit mm. would have been even more significant than the you know the knowledge of being given up for adoption at that age.
1: yeah fair enough. Um,
2: so he resented me big time, and it just was really, really bad, to be honest yeah um and I kept trying over and over again. I just kept putting myself in that position. I kept trying with him and it just didn't work. But this night we had an argument and it was about the will. Yep. And he turned around and he referred to my, my youngest brother, the one that used to come stay with me, and said, yeah, well, all he did was waste all his bloody money and rah, 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 and this, that, and the other. And I turned around and I defended him
1: mm-hmm.
2: and said to him, you can talk. You wasted every cent of your money. You blew it all on, you know, his own issue. Yep. Um, and at this stage, the one that I live with, Jamie, he, um, he and his twin had not seen each other for a while, so they were pretty clicky. Yeah, okay. Um, so this massive argument ensures they go over to the incubator's house, Um. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Well, it was a couple of days before that. Might have been my mum's birthday, actually. Anyway, either way, they go to the incubator's house, and she's supposed to come to my house on the Sunday. She messages. She rings me. She says, "Is it still okay if I can come over?" And I said to her, "Yes, as long as the boys don't come with you. I don't. I, I don't want to deal with that." Okay. And that was when I first started putting up the boundaries. I think.
1: Yeah, started to put your foot down a bit.
2: Yeah, it was just protection for yeah. me.
1: Yep. I couldn't do
2: any more. I mean, she comes over and she brings both and Oh, the boys turn up within five minutes.
1: Right. So a complete disregard for what you requested.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and she knew the boys were at her house. They'd planned it that way. And I got angry and I got up and I got the kids and I got the ex-husband and I drove up to my mum's house. Um, and hung out there. And I remember hearing one of the, t- the other twins saying, look at what you're doing to your daughter. She's crying her heart out because she's not allowed to stay here with us. Right. And I was like, there is no way will I leave my daughter with you.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Um, And then they left, they all left, and I went home. And the next day was December the 8th, 2008. And because we'd moved house, I had a Crisco water basically, and I had to pick it up. Okay, yep. And I'm going to try and keep the expletives out of this next section. Okay. But um, I got a phone call from the incubator Yep. saying, Your Crisco water's here. I went, oh, All right, no, worries. I'll come over. And I was trying to just let it all go, like, I had to for my own mental state. Yeah, yeah. Of um, you know, I only lost my nap a year earlier. I was going through grief counseling. Yep. At that stage already. And I just, I couldn't take anymore. I was just enough. Yeah. So um, I said, all right, no worries. I'll pick the kids up. I said, and I'll come past on the way home and I'll grab it up, I'll grab it grab it from you and whatnot. So the kids and I all get out of the car and we go up to the door and this bloody German Shepherd puppy that she had. Yep come screaming up to the door, and I said to the incubator, can you put Abby outside? Because my my youngest, Piper, she was uh, five. Yep. And this flipping dog would knock her flat, and Piper would end up smacking her head or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And she turned around, and she said no. Huh. And I said, pardon? She said no. If, if Piper can't deal with the dog, well, then Piper doesn't come inside. Wow. And I was like, are you serious type deal in my head? And I'm thinking, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. And then my younger brother comes to the door. And at this stage, he would have been mid-20s max. Okay. Because I was three, so he was 21, sorry. Yep. And uh, he's carrying a Crisco box. The incubator steps aside. He opens the door, puts the box on and closes the door again and walks off. Right, and I'm thinking to myself. Oh, I've got a few more boxes than that. He must be just bringing them out, you know, like completely yeah, yeah. dumb to the whole thing.
0: Yeah.
2: Eventually, I end up with like four boxes or something, and they're all sitting on the front porch. The fly screen's closed, and the front door shut. Huh. And I'm standing there like a stunned mullet, I literally. Bet.
1: Yeah.
2: Going, hang on a second. I've driven this kid to school every day. Yeah. I've I've done volunteer work with this woman every day. We've spent, by this stage, a year researching our family history almost day in, day out because I was still raising the kids and, you know, I wasn't working during the day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're closing the door on me. Wow. So I went home and I rang her and I asked her what was going on and she said to me, This is this is Ashley's house too. I said, Yeah. He doesn't want you here. Huh. Said, Why? She said, because you criticised him for how he spent the money from the will. You're just being a jealous bee. Yep. Um I don't know why you needed to criticise him. Simply because you got nothing, and I responded with I wasn't the one criticizing him, I defended him against the other twin, Nigel. His name is, yep. Um, it caused a massive argument at my house to the point where my sister in law was living there with her niece, with my niece, and they got up and left that night, right? Um I said, I was the one defending him. Nigel was the one calling him names under the sun, calling you names under the sun. Everything you could come up with, he was calling it. And then he sat back on a a bloody brick wall and watched the whole thing unfold and laughed his arse off. Yeah, right. Um, And she turned around, she told me I was a liar, and I started bawling. Yep. I I remember I was sobbing so hard I couldn't breathe because I'd spent, you know... Years, 15 years at that point. Yep. You know, um, putting myself out there to the point of ridiculous levels. And she basically, at that split second in time, was turning her back on me. Yeah. And uh, I the last thing I remember her saying to me was, stop screaming at me, Tanya. And I said to her. How can I scream? I can't breathe. Yeah. She hung up the phone on me. I rang back. Now, my youngest brother, who used to leave his thongs under my bed, yep. answered the phone. And the only words he said to me were, Go find your own effing mother, you f and C. Wow. Hung up the phone. Wow. And I
0: just
2: sat I I Bald, yeah, and that was December the 8th, 2008. And I never spoke to her I, that I made the choice that day, yeah, of course. In the March of 2009, she rang Jamie, yep, and I walked out the front of our house to see him crying. Right, I took the phone off her and I said to her, I I'd said, and said. Back off him. He is doing what he can do with his situation. Yep. Now back off him. Yep. She said to me, I don't wish to speak to you, Tanya. You're not mine. Put my son on. Huh. So at that, Jamie wiped his hands over.
0: her. Right.
2: Nigel still had something to do with her for quite a number of years. Not long after that, Jamie and I wiped our hands of Nigel. Okay. After something he did.
0: Yep.
2: Which just continues to this day. Right. I keep letting him in and he just keeps doing it and, or doing something or whatever. So we wiped our hands of him eventually. Um, in the meantime, he had a son. So I had this overwhelming need to know my nephew. Yep. Um, I let this woman have grandkids. Even with the knowledge of what she'd done to me when she had me. I mean, she'd put me in two nappies, throw me in the cot because she didn't want to have to get up in the middle of the night. Right. When I was taken to the children's home, I was malnourished. I was um, lacking all sorts of vitamins and all sorts of stuff. My brothers looked like skinned rabbits um, and it's written in the paperwork.
1: Yeah, right.
2: Um, But I still go for a chance to be a a nanner. And my kids called her Nana.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, And she turned on them. Wow. So, yeah, and then I didn't see her for another about 10 years. Okay. And it happened that Nigel, the other twin, was fighting to gain access to his son. Right. And she was um, standing up for Nigel's ex-girlfriend in court. Really? Yeah, she stood against us. Um and I remember standing on the steps <clears> at <throat> the front of the mandra Courthouse, seeing a car pull up. Now I, I knew instantly it was her. Yep. And I just felt this overwhelming panic and sickness. And she walked up the stairs straight behind me and did not even acknowledge my existence. Yeah right. Then went into the courtroom, into the waiting areas, and by this stage I was starting to fall apart. Yeah. A police officer could see something was wrong, and I couldn't talk. So Nigel, talk, uh, Jamie, sorry, spoke for me
1: mm-hmm.
2: and said, "Our natural mother's <coughs> in the waiting room next door." Um, you can't cope. And then she got up and she walked past me and started laughing because she could see the state I was in. Wow. And Jamie took my phone off me and made a phone call to someone I knew in town and said to pick me up, get me out of here. Yep. The cop said, don't worry about your evidence, we'll just get around it. Yep. And I was taken away from the courthouse. Right. And that was the last time I ever saw her.
1: And it sounds like that's the last time you'll ever want to see her.
2: I, I, I will dance on her grave when she's dead. Right. I, I despise that woman. Like, the, the pain and the hurt she put me through for all those years. Yep. The way she treated my children in the end. Yep. Like, they were just garbage. Like, she had no time for them. You know she adored them when they were young. Piper got to five, and suddenly Piper was too much trouble.
0: Right.
2: You know Tristan was twelve by that stage, and you know Nigel, the other twin, had twisted my youngest brother. They were so close, my youngest brother and my son.
0: Yeah.
2: He absolutely adored him. He had Nigel had twisted Ashley's ideals of Tristan, my son, mm-hmm. to the point where Ashley had turned to Norma and said, "He's not welcome in my house anymore." Wow. My son was twelve years old. Yeah, right. And he didn't understand, he was devastated. Yeah, of course. My daughter used to keep going up to Nana saying, Hey Nana, Nana, Nana and she'd just either treat her like dirt or answer her simply just to shut her up. Wow. Um and yeah, I walked away, that was December the eighth, two thousand
1: and eight. Right. Well that's um that yeah, that tells us a lot about <clears throat> Her, I guess. Um, and since since that time, mm. um, have you have have you gone through some healing at all, or are you in a better place now than what you were back then?
2: Um, yeah, I am. I mean, if I the courthouse is the one thing that can drop me to my knees every time. Yeah. Um, I have. Um, after my marriage ended, it would have been uh, 2012. Um, you know, you do the right thing by – I mean, I yeah, it, the marriage ending is yeah, whatever. But, you know, I, I told him to take certain things from the house so that he had something to start with, of course. Um, and he took – I remember he took the TV from the bedroom and I told him to. Yeah. But then I remember going to bed one night going, what the hell am I supposed to do in here? Huh. Where the hell's my TV gone? Yeah, and I started searching Gumtree, and this this story is actually quite it's integral. It just shows you who she was. And I found a TV that I could afford on Gumtree, and I rang the lady. I sorry, I started messaging the lady, yep. and she gave me her address. And I read the address, and of course, my brother and I were still living together.
0: Yep. And I yep.
2: showed my brother my phone with the address, and he looked at me, and went no. I went no, no way. And it was right next door to her to the incubators unit. Wow. And I messaged the lady. I said, "I'm so sorry, I can't."
0: Yeah.
2: And of course, you can. Understandably, she was confused. Yeah, of course. She's got no idea. She asked me why, and I said because my natural mother lives next door to you. Yeah. And I can't. I can't go there. Yeah. And she said to me, "Who, Norma?" I went, yes. She said, oh, why are you Rachel? (gasps) What? I said, pardon? Well, she's only got two kids. She's only got Rachel and Ashley. Right. And I said, I'm not Rachel. And she actually has four children. Rachel Um, is her best friend's daughter who died, like the the best friend passed away. Right. Rachel is her daughter. She said, oh, I was wondering why Rachel was Aboriginal and Ashley wasn't. Dear me. She said, look, she said, you need this TV. Because I'd said to her, you know, like i I need, I'd sort of just explained briefly that I'd given it to my ex-husband and so I wanted one for my room. Yeah, yeah. She said, I have a roller door in my garage. She said, wait till it's dark. Drive over here. I will open the roller door and you can park the car inside. Now, She must like why anyone would do that, I don't know. Yeah, unless it is because of the fact that she's now sitting back going four children. Yeah, so So Jamie and I went over there and uh, yeah, picked up the TV to pick up that TV. And she said to me, I don't get any of this. She said, This is weird. Yeah, and I just said, Well, she gave us up for adoption. I said, we tried and tried and tried. I said, and I walked away four years ago. Yeah. She said, I've never heard of you. I said, you won't. She doesn't care about us. Mm. She said, I don't understand it. She said, and so, I mean, I, I don't even know what this woman's relationship was like with, with her after that. I've, yeah. And I don't really care. Either. I mean, yeah, I, I feel bad for the woman finding out, but in the yeah. way that she kind of did. But, yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, she, oh, look, the things that she tried to do, I remember she tried to give, she gave my mum money for my kids for Easter that first year after I walked away.
1: Yeah, right. And
2: mum went to give it to me at the kitchen table and I said, I don't want to give it back to her. Yeah. And my dad turns to me and says, and he got frustrated and he said to me, why can't you all just get the F along? And I looked at him and I said, why the F should I? Mm. I said, she didn't want me. She used to leave me in a pot with two nappies. She didn't feed me. She used to let me feed my twin brothers when they were tiny babies. You know, she didn't give a rat's ass about us, Dad. Why the hell should I have anything to do with her? Why should I ever forgive her? Yeah. Fifteen years ago, that woman. Yeah. And he sat back and he's like, "I'm sorry." He said, "I never even considered it like that." He yeah. said, "You're my daughter." Yeah. So, she, um, yeah, that was her. She's a nasty, nasty piece of work. But the best piece of uh, pathetic, other than this, this, is quite pathetic too, I must say. Yep. Um, hence why it's like blah. Uh-huh. Um, the best thing I ever did was flipping Facebook. Um, I had a bit of an argument with my mum. Okay. And she said to me, this isn't about me. This is about Norma. I said, no, this is about the F and incubator, isn't it? Yeah. And she said, yes, do not yell at me about it. Yell at her. And I looked at my mum and I'm like, how? I can't even I I can't even look at her without losing it. Yeah. How do I yell at her? And mum said, I don't know, but work it out. And so I'd kind of been stalking her for a little while on Facebook. Okay. And i kept seeing these posts saying, I love all my kids the same. I love all my grandkids the same. Mm. And to myself, I'm like, yeah, bloody liar, yeah, whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then one day, I stalked her again, and that one of those posts was up. Yep. And I must have written the equivalent of a two page letter in a post as a comment. Yep. And the beginning of that letter, that comment was to any of the, to any of, her friends who read this know that everything I say in this comment I can prove. And I offloaded everything. Right. In that comment.
1: That would have been everything
2: she'd done. Everything she'd done. Ever.
1: Right. How big a weight was that to release? Huge. Yeah.
2: Absolutely huge. But Saying that, I still can't see her.
1: Oh, yeah, I understand. Absolutely. I can't
2: look at her. I can't see her. I can't, I can't, I, I, yeah. I, she was, I, I live in Manjumup, which is about 300 kilometres south of Perth. Yep. And um, my nephew now, so Nigel's son, lives in Pemberton, 25 kilometres away. Right. With his mama. Yep. Um, he has nothing to do with his father. Yep. And that's okay. Yep. Um, but she still has something to do with the incubator. Right, and you know she was down here over Christmas. Okay, and uh, his mum and I have a deal that if I happen to ring his mum for anything, she, the words are, "I'm a little busy. I can't talk right now." And I know that the incubator's there.
1: Right. Okay.
2: A bit of a protection factor for me.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. So she's still prevalent. Um. Without me having to have any contact, Yep. it makes me really, really angry that my nephew has anything to do with her. Yeah, and I'm honestly, I'm just waiting for the day where she turns on him because she will.
1: Yeah, sounds like it's inevitable.
2: Yep, and then my nephew has to go through what my kids went through.
1: Yeah, which is uh, not cool. No,
2: <clears throat> not, not cool. cool.
1: At all. That is um, a very, very harrowing and um, emotional story, Tanya. Um, sorry that you've gone through it, um, but that is your story. Yeah. Um, and
2: it just wanted to tell it because yeah. they're not all happy. No. You know, and I want I want other adopted people to just protect themselves more. Yeah. Than what I did.
1: Yeah, I guess that, that was um, leading into my... I guess the, the the last type of question that I ask. Yeah. And and that is what advice do you have for adopted people who so, may be going on a search or maybe looking to form a relationship with uh their birth or natural natural parents or children.
2: Yeah. Um look a funny thing, a funny story of it is um, there's all these shows like Long Lost Family and all these ones and I watch them all. I can't help myself. Yeah. And I cry through them and I, all sorts of things and my brother Jamie and I will sit there and something about an adoption story comes up and we both yell at the TV. Don't do it! (laughs) Um, But for God's sake, protect yourselves. Yeah. Don't jump in two feet first. Don't believe absolutely everything blindly because, you know, I mean, my story, that's that's only one side, you know. Yeah, of course. The other side of my family, my natural father's side, you know, I've got a brother six days younger than I am. Right. So um, born same year, six days different. Right. So, you know, there's two sides to it. And that, that side didn't come out well either, not wholly. You know I've gained some amazing people in there but but not many out yeah. of a massive family just go go so flip and slow that you can you're gone slower than a snail yeah and listen to your intuition listen to your gut don't just push it aside because of that desperate need to be accepted and loved by that person who goes you up because you know what sometimes they give you up for honorable reasons mm mm-hmm. mhm Other times they lie through their teeth in order to make it sound better for themselves. Just listen to your gut and just protect yourself.
1: Very, very good advice. (laughs) And, yes, thank you for your time today, Tanya. Uh, No, I'm more than welcome. Really, really appreciate it. And, yes, that is uh, your story.
2: Well, thank you, Mick. Thanks for having me and, um, yeah. My pleasure. very much appreciated.
1: No worries. Thank you very much. All right
2: then. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Bye.
1: And that was Tanya also uh, and her story. Um, And thank her and all the time that she's uh, given us today for her story. And if you've got a story that you'd like to tell, please contact us here at the Adoption Chronicles um, and... We provide a safe place for you to tell your story uh, without judgement and we're looking forward to speaking again with you next week. Thank you. Bye for now. That was awesome. Thank you very much for that, Tanya.